the 70s and early 80s took the men out of the picture. Um, the 90s, the late 80s, late 80s, early 90s began to remove women. Then the Clintons come into office and they call our children super predators. So then they remove, begin to remove our children, right? And then after they like swooped up all of them, they came back for the women in the late 90s, early 2000s. And post early 2000s, we've been locking up uh, uh, more rapidly brown and broke folks, right? So it's been a systemic attack on black, brown and broke folks. So the family has always been under attack. Uh, poverty has been under attack. So mom and dad are gone. So who's taking care of that child, right? Yeah. Grandma is in that place. Do we invalidate that relationship? Do we invalidate families rallying around? Do we invalidate good foster care? Do we invalidate? Um, it's just, I just think that it's problematic when we say it has to be a mom and a dad or it ha whenever we say it has to be a certain way, we are inevitably um, diminishing the positive experiences of other folks. And they have something of value to add and bring. And I think that's really what we're saying is like everyone has something valuable to contribute. And we silence people when we say, nope, your your experience isn't valid. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not. You didn't come from a two parent household as Western prescribed. So then for you don't have anything to add to this conversation. And I just think um, as long as we are silencing people and not creating space for more voices to be at the at the table. And that's really what this is saying. It's like, okay, y'all have held the table for so long. Take a step back, create space so other voices can come and contribute so we can further our lens, right? Build out our perspective and design policies that really bring wholeness to all of us. And that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't do any good for some of us to be okay and, and then the rest of us to be hurting. The, the ultimate goal is to like dismantle whatever is hurting us, remove whatever is hurting us, insert health, wealth, and healing into the community and individuals and build us all up into a, a, better, a better lived experience. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think we're going to get there um, isolating and having these very rigid, um, oppressive structures uh, that says it has to be this way. Because as we are seeing every day that folks' identities are diverse, whether we just want to stick with race, race is diverse, even though it's, it's, it's this social construct. But like, and let's just go with race, right? If all the white, if only white people sat at the table, like so much is missed. If only straight people are at the table simultaneously, so much is missed. If only men are at the table, so much is missed um, because you're missing the, the input and the value and the experience and the beauty of diversity. And this is just simply within being black, there's still a host of diversity that exists. Oh, for sure. And that's what they're saying. It's like, let's bring all of who we are to the table. Let's not just bring black men who are being attacked, but, that's but not, let's bring but us that's all to the table. that's not what that says though. I think it's, it's, it's not saying let's bring it all. Let's say, oh, let's, let's disrupt that. So whatever, whoever's, Whoever prescribed that, nah, we're dismantling that. Ah, living by it and prescribing it are two different things. Well, I'm just saying, they said they want to dismantle. They want to dismantle the, so dismantle the requirement that it has to be that way. It's not a requirement. I think I think that it does it's come just, across as a requirement when society at, in large prefers and supports... Where is it a requirement at? It's a requirement in the capacity that when someone shows up with two parents... There's like, oh, you come from a two-parent household. Oh, you must be okay. You must be well. There's nothing wrong with you. And that's not always the case. So it's not written down as a requirement. It's another social construct. 
Okay. It's I when mean, you come. Yeah. It's like when you go into. A, I mean, when you go into a space and folks are like, "Oh, they come from a two-parent household. Oh, they're a good kid." Not necessarily, right? Oh, they come from a single-parent household. They're a bad kid. Like we automatically put these labels to stuff that are not not helpful. They're not healthy and they're too restrictive. They fall in the line of oppression. And this work here is anti-oppression. It's pushing back against the things that are hurting and harming us. It's just saying, let's let's think about this in a more nuanced way. Let's not only see it as one way. Let's open the door for a, a broader conversation mm-hmm. that is driven by the folks who've been silenced. Because there's something that they need to say. There's something they need to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. So that way we can fully recognize the value that's been missed by not including them. And I'm definitely sending this to uh, Elise and Patrice, Mm. (laughs) Alicia and Patrice, because I'm like, okay, now y'all check me if I'm wrong, because, you know, I don't have a problem being checked when I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, and by folks who have the authority to check me. This is their stuff, and I love them to death, and I support whatever they do, and if I'm wrong, give me the opportunity, I'll come back and I'll tell you where I was wrong, and and we'll we'll work from there, but again... I know I'm wrong as far as how I'm I'm interpreting it, because, you know, obviously everybody has their own lens and I'm just like hold on what, and like, that's okay. what is going on your, your lens is informed by your lived experience and it is beautiful Word. and it works for you right Word. but it doesn't say we dismiss other folks' lens as well and oftentimes because we have silenced marginalized hidden pushed out and excluded those folks we've never really had the opportunity to have a conversation with them to say, hey, what is your experience? Yeah. Like how are you experiencing this? Like mm-hmm. when you talk when we talk about um, just some of the work that I've done. So I talk about it at a very high level, not at a like hands-on in the on the grounds knowing it specifically. But when we talk about like discrimination around sex work, sex work, sex workers and trans folks, right? Like there's a discrimination in how they're how they're treated when they're arrested, when they're detained, um, how they're tr- the type of healthcare where they're placed. Like when you lock up uh, a trans person, and I talk about it, and because I'm talking about mass incarceration, you know, and it's like. When they put a person who is identified as a fe- as a woman, as a female, um, and I don't have all the language around that, so please forgive me, but when they've identified at a gender that is opposite of their genitalia, mm-hmm. but they're still locked up with other folks who have the same genitalia, that's harmful. That's threatening. It's it's for In some cases, it's deadly. Mm. But if we're not including them in the conversation, when it comes to decision making about how we lock up folks and where we lock up folks, no one's thinking about it. No one's considering it, which goes back to my personal experience. No one was thinking about where my friend could go to the bathroom. Where do people like my friend? Where could they go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Right? Because no one is having that conversation. And this is saying we have to have the conversation because we must be more thoughtful in how we treat all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I take it. I would speak more to that, but I just I really at the end of the day, intellectually, I just I'm, I'm not there, bro. And that's okay. <laughs> you know that's why we have these conversations, <laughs> yeah. right? It has a conversation like, so got, we can I reflect. Got but it's like eh, for what? You know, it's like, like we can reflect, we can yeah. reflect, and we and we move and we grow and we find out, and then you know what we do. Yeah. Hopefully, what this spurs is like. An opportunity for someone from that community to come on and you know have a conversation you know yeah. and and elevate their voice because again we're two cisgendered men trying to talk about trans issues like yeah right no it's, so, not, it's like, not going anywhere right? just, <laughs> but yeah. the point is is like we just have to recognize that 
we're not all that there is to our community and our society and how do we bring in all the other folks and i think that's what this is saying we need to elevate the voices of folks who have been silenced and marginalized so that way we don't miss what it is that they need as well so so my thing is when when i hear that um point of view or just that when you touch on that um but then i think about the the big picture the the grand scope of liberation for okay. us, for our people. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see how that is pushing us forward in the fight to end white supremacy. I feel like it's more of like a. Uh, it's, it's like a, a different section. Okay. You know, like what it just it just doesn't seem ideal. Okay. I don't you know. know. I don't. I. I can't really speak to that ideal or not. But I think what it does in that fight is yeah. it says we're not leaving anyone behind. That's just. From, that's. That's just. It's just saying we're not leaving anyone behind okay. as we move forward in this fight. Yeah. Right. So we have this piece that, and then maybe it is sectional. Maybe it is. It maybe it is sectional. Mm-hmm. But they're saying we are dismantling white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. But white supremacy is heteronormative, right? It is cisgendered. So when we attack the various components of it, we've got to dismantle those pieces and we have to have those folks at the table saying, these are the pieces of white supremacy that are impacting us. So that way we just don't piecemeal it. So so my, so my, that leads me to another question or another just thought. What other groups, ethnicities are moving like this? The way that this organization wants to move? Because this is the... Like the vanguard, like pre, you know, like yeah, they, they, they are doing they're it. They're here. They're they're at the top of the structure, and so everybody's looking to them okay. to lead the way. All right, but I'm thinking, are the are the uh, like are are Chinese, Japanese, are they are they trying to dismantle dismantle, you know, the nuclear family structure or that thought is, you know, the, are Jewish people trying to do that or, um, you know. Latin Mexican are are they trying to do that you know who else who else is doing this is this is this something that's new to the game and we're just we're the like our our group of people are the first ones to start doing this uh-huh or are we copying somebody like we're we're, we're definitely we- we're definitely I believe um in a space that is new Okay. I think that is, uh, I, and that's just my perspective because again, this not my, this not my, this ain't my, this ain't necessarily my wheelhouse. Work, work. But again, I think this is a, and so not to invalidate the work that's been going I'm on. Saying, historically, work. who who is trying to who's who is out there saying you know what this is the way we attack white supremacy. We're going to. I don't think anyone else is. <laughs> we're going to dismantle the nuclear family structure. I don't think anyone's naming it like that, okay. and I think that is the boldness and the power. Of the of this current movement, yeah, that uh, Black Lives Matter has helped spur. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a dozen. There's more than a dozen other organizations that are a part of this type of work. Word. Um, what we've collectively called it um, from the work that I was doing out in New York, and I learned uh, it is the movement for Black Lives, okay. right? Where you have BYP 100. Um, uh, color of change change.org just a whole bunch of other things that are in there that are actively doing their different pieces right mm-hmm. um i just think that black lives matter because they were so instrumental in organizing right and creating a rally call to say let we've got to do something different mm-hmm. i think they just kind of sit as the preeminent leaders of this yeah. um 
and that could just be my bias possibly no you know? they, I, I believe so i mean but, I was, like i said outside looking in i'm not an activist like byp 100 is doing great work there's uh, uh a ton of queer-led black organizations throughout the south that are doing this work mm-hmm. um it's just it, this work is happening and i think that uh black lives matter is in a place that they've had the the privilege to um codify what this work looks like mm-hmm. and they've laid out a this policy, this guiding principles of, of how we get there. Yeah. And I think all of us um, who are are committed to the liberation of black folks mm-hmm. um, in any capacity, um, we are a part of the Black Lives Matter movement with not necessarily having to be a Black Lives Matter member. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all doing this work. And mm-hmm. I think that they are at the forefront of naming it Mm-hmm. Um, I think other communities are they're coming along, but they're coming along as partners. You know, I posted something the other day, like Latinos for Black Lives, right? Mm-hmm. I posted there's a, a young there's man Asians for Black Lives. Yes, I was about to say there was a there there was a young man who was who was uh, murdered by the police. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. and now there's the Asians for, for Black, Black Lives. Lives. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but really, what that is is just like it's. It's all of us for the liberation of the most harmed, mm-hmm. right? And we're not going to get in a harm Olympics. <laughs> um, that's just pointless. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, we have taken up the mantle to be instrumental in shifting the narrative around black lives. Mm-hmm. And since... Uh, Statistically, numerically, historically, um, our oppression has been um, recorded Mm -hmm. in a way that is maddening and very clear Mm -hmm. that there is a targeted attack on black lives. And we are pushing back against that Mm -hmm. and welcome folks who want to come along and partner in doing that. And that don't mean everyone's uh, a Black Lives Matter member, Mm -hmm. but everyone is a part of the movement for the liberation of black lives. And you know what? I think that the thing that alarms me in that why I get so triggered when I read that Mm -hmm. is because, yeah, there's a systematic attack on black lives. But more specifically, the black man. Okay. And let's, I think and that's... Le, and that, and let's, I think that is a very valid... Like, I'm not talking about just recent. I'm talking about since day one. I believe that since to be... day one. So when... I know that I'm a target. Absolutely. I know that I will be disproportionately potentially incarcerated. I will get killed. And so I'm seeing a group that represents me that's supposed to be fighting, not just for me, but like, I'm, I'm the target. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the reason why, you know what I mean? We, we marching out here because the white man wants to destroy the black man. Absolutely. The white man is okay with the black woman. He, I mean, he's, he doesn't love the black woman, but you know, he'll, he'll whatever, you know what I mean? But the black man, he don't want no parts of the black man. He's going to incarcerate me from sundown to sun up. You know what I mean? Like he's going to kill me with the, he's going to have the quickest trigger on his, you know what I mean? Right. But who, who gives birth to the black man? There's no doubt about that. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But I'm saying with this struggle in America, the black man is the most targeted. And so when I don't see the black man like 
in the language. Yes, now that, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't see me anywhere when the struggle was started about me and how we get killed so easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's, it, and, I, and I'm not saying, and I don't want to come off as bigoted or like, oh, we shouldn't pay attention to anybody else, but like, that's where it starts, man. That's that's the foundation. You know what I mean? Like, public enemy number one is the black man. Okay. And so when I don't see us represented and I see a borderline attack, obviously I don't understand it, whether they're wording it. I don't think I'm taking it the right way, but when I first read it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If I don't have them d- describe it to me, I don't have you sitting here with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm and like, I'm just I, doing I, the best I, I can, no, right? And, and I appreciate you, man, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I need, I need more. Because when I'm reading, I'm not, I don't, hope I'm taking it the mm-hmm. wrong way. I need more context just in the few paragraphs that I'm looking at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's why I get. Like, and I hear you. I hear you as a black man. I, I, I hear, and I recognize that Word. being formally incarcerated. I see it, yeah. you know? Um, but also I, I have to give space to, I don't walk in their shoes. So I don't know how, like, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know their lived experience. Yeah. And when we talk about, uh, when we, we look at the history of how the black woman has been treated, you know, I think it's important that we really honor that. Like she, like the black woman makes less money, right? Yeah. Than her counterpart. Yeah. The black woman is, has been violently violated. Word. Right. Um, there is a, um, because of, this erasure removal of the black man, there has been a lack of safety, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for the black woman, the black mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Um, and and I support I support that 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 thought that it is important. I I personally was like, I would have loved to see some language in there that talked about the role mm-hmm. of the black man. Right. As it says, like we're, we're really elevating just women little, little, and queer and everything. And I would have loved for it to say, and the, we support and love the black man mm. um, or something uh, that just acknowledges our existence in this. I hear what you're saying. One something. or two statements will make a world of difference. And I, I and, probably and, wouldn't and even, you know, because I, mean? I think it's important to say <laughs> and we invite the black man to be supportive of leadership that is uncomfortable for them. Right. Right. Like, don't. I think it's important to like speak to the audience, the full audience, yeah. and say, hey, this is how we invite black men into the space, mm-hmm. right? Your role, um, while we recognize the harm that has been that has been done to you, your role is to now be um, partners, to be listeners, to mm-hmm. be supporters mm-hmm. of other leadership, other identities, other experiences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I hear you. I think it is yeah. important to say, hey, we haven't forgot about you. For sure. But we want you to know that while you are being harmed, so are we. And there's these things that you're not thinking about because you're dealing with your own harm and trauma, mm-hmm. but they're still very relevant that need to be brought to the conversation. Yeah. And I and, think that's just the space that we're And, and that I know that's in. something that we as a society are dealing with. You know what I mean? Like, I, if you just listen to the last two episodes I put out, you know what I mean, about toxic masculinity. Like, yeah. you know, talking to a, a brother that works in the field of you know, people that get sent to his class for 52 weeks because they got convicted of domestic abuse or domestic violence. Um, and and what he's telling me about what what is domestic violence and what it isn't. Mm, okay. I'm like, man, we've been socialized to yes. act like this. Like, as a black man, like, even if, even though I have, you know, my, my I had my dad in my life, you know, he worked a lot. 
You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you're in the street or you at school or you with your partners, like, we all learning from each other. And we're passing down some some toxic yep. behaviors. Yeah. And so, yes, our, our women, we could do a lot better mm-hmm. to treat our women, to even refer to our women. Right. You know what I mean? Like, the word. To allow their leadership to, and to a, shine. And allow them to lead, man. And yeah. it's just like, we... We as a people, at the end of the day, we as a people have to work better together. Right. I don't. It, it shouldn't be polarized, and it's easy for me to say because a man has always been a leader. Now the woman's a leader. And I'm like, hold on, man, what's going on? Right, right. You and that's, know what that's I mean? the thing. No, and, and, but yeah, man, it's, it's like we we have to find a way to work better together. Absolutely. Because we don't want our stuff to turn into what. What's happening with the white people? Uh huh. Where you got uh-huh. feminists? Because a white man was, you know, trashing a white woman too, and that's why they're that, that's why feminism came up. Because a white man, they was just, you know, just running her. You know what I mean? Just whatever. And so now it's them versus. Now at the end of the day, she's still going to defend her white king. <laughs> you know what I mean? As in Trump. Okay. You know they they feminists. They they still going. You know so. They get it, you mm-hmm. know. They they have their inner whatever struggles, but yeah. And when we say that, we're talking collective, not yeah. not not in, not all inclusive. Like, for sure, for sure. You know, uh, and your and your and, and all of those things are, are very valid. They're yeah. your experience. They're your truth. They're very yeah. valid. And I, and I think we're gonna ride together at the end of the day. But it's just like, man. And that's if we don't forget who all we're rallying for. And that's the thing I think they're saying is like, hey, don't forget about these folks that one you never thought about in the first place, mm. yeah. right? Yeah. I think I don't think I just think that um, we exist in a place of so long trying to protect the black man mm-hmm. that in doing that we've harmed everybody, everybody else. else. Mm. You know, yeah. And I think, and I'm not saying that we were wrong for it, but I think that just plays into that same game. Mm-hmm. And everything has been been thrown at protecting the black man that we we just we may have. We may we've met, we've come to a place where we have forgotten everyone else, and it's mm-hmm. just saying let's 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 pull everyone back into the conversation. Yeah. Let's not forget anybody of our village, mm-hmm. of our family, yeah. right? Our our beyond nuclear family, and that's mm-hmm. I think that's just the thing. It's like the nuclear family just it denies everyone else that that is important. The auntie, the cousin, the 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 grandmother, the you know. Uh, there's a um, there is a. It may be a PBS special. I know that I have it on um, Netflix, and it's uh, I can't think of the the black man's name, but uh, he does a couple of uh, black and Latino series, and he was like, it's called the Black Grandmother in the Closet, uh, and so what it is is like they're looking at in Latin America. You know, if you go back far enough, there's a lot of folks that got black black folks in their family, right? Because when you look at the the slave trade, more slaves went to Latin America than ever came to continental United States. Oh, for sure. Right. Like Brazil. Oh, Brazil. <laughs> Just like all of it. Right. Yeah, and so it's but... like we've got to acknowledge our global family Word. and we've got to pull everyone back into the table, back at the table, back mm-hmm. having the conversation. Um, and I think that's just what I, I, I believe that is what they're saying. It's like, hey, we've been approaching this through one particular lens. Mm-hmm. Let's expand that. Let's be more inclusive. Word. Let's bring in these other folks that are being harmed as well. Mm-hmm. Back to Glenn's statement, those that are closest to the problem are, are closest to the solution, but furthest from the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, women have a unique experience that we haven't been addressing. 
trans folks, queer folks, young folks, old folks. And I think that's the value and the power of the black census is to really find out what are the experiences of our global, our our national community of black folks. Mm -hmm. They're aiming to get 200,000. That is the largest census of black folks ever. Mm. Um, And then we will really be able to develop guiding principles for how we move forward, right? Because it'll be more inclusive. It's intergenerational. It's young. It's old. It's, it's, it's economically diverse. It's going, hopefully it's going to give us really a pathway to, to change, mm-hmm. to the liberation that we seek, mm-hmm. to the place where black lives will really matter. Because I, 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 t- I have a workshop that's like black lives don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Not in an affront to the movement, but an awakening to all of the things that tell us that they don't. Word. So that way we can begin to realize why the movement is so important, mm-hmm. why Black Lives Matter as a hashtag, as a rallying call must be said, must be believed, must be practiced. And, and why we really must realize it's all black lives, yeah, not just some. Mm-hmm. It's all. And it's not that they matter more, but that they matter. And I just think that we just aren't having those type of conversations. And so I'm thankful for the work of all of the folks that are leading Black Lives Matter all over the country, you oh, know, sure. yeah. um, and all of the other organizations uh, that are a part of the movement for black lives that are continuously addressing these various um, aspects of our experience, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be homelessness, sex workers, ageism, unemployment, uh, violence, police violence, uh structural violence, educational inequity, health inequity. I mean, uh, I, I think uh, I think it was Patrice who was talking about the experience of women in lockup in, in, in L.A. County, I believe it was specifically, mm-hmm. where, you know, they go in for a routine, um, routine uh, medical checkup and end up getting a hysterectomy. What? Yes. 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 Like, it's really messed up. And so if we're not hearing from them, my friend um, Pamela Wynn is leading a charge right now uh, uh, dignity for women out of uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia, where she's talking about no longer shacking, shackling pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine being six, seven, eight, nine months pregnant, which we could not, but imagine having to carry that weight and walk in shackles. If you've never been in shackles, it's beyond difficult to walk. And imagine being pregnant and trying to walk in shackles. Mm-hmm. And what has happened is women have um, have have had spontaneous abortions because they've fallen or, you know, they they it's just not a safe space for women. Yeah. But if we've never given them a place to share that narrative, we can never be impacted by it. We can never um, realize that these things, these atrocities are happening until we give space to to hear from folks who have been silenced and marginalized. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's what Black Lives Matter and their guiding principles are doing is saying, we're elevating the voices of folks we have, who we have not heard from. Let's voices give space to other folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and reading in just more about them, and it, it seems like they've been doing work, Leisha, Patrice, Opal, they've been doing a lot of work for years. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and it sounds like yeah. they just haven't, they haven't been listened to. You know, Obviously, they're very impactful and they know what they're doing and they oh, know how to rally people. Yeah. I mean, it's obvious, you know, so um, that whole generation. Maybe, so, maybe, of folks. so maybe this this leadership and what we're seeing from them should, probably should have happened a long time ago. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so um, so it's so we have to look at whose fault is that? Right. It's probably 
folks like myself with all these blind spots <laughs> and I don't even know what's going on I'm like wait what like this that's a problem I didn't know that was a problem <laughs> but like I said I'm, I'm not doing the work I'm just on you know unfortunately on the sidelines just kind of like not even knowing what's going on and I'm but you're just, doing the work by creating space for the conversation to happen for folks to hear about it to then go do the work for themselves word word yeah. right we can and that's the thing we just don't discount anybody's experience and right. their contribution right this is a this is a perfect example of that it's like yeah. While you may not think that your narrative, your your work is valued, mm-hmm. at some point in time, women didn't think that what they were experiencing, what they were saying, because they had to hold it, mm. right? And or they didn't see it as being as relevant as the experience of other folks. But mm-hmm. it's all inclusive and necessary, so that way we can move forward, right? You have a particular audience that may be different than my particular audience. Mm-hmm. We need both, right? Yeah. As we talked about the Martin Malcolm complex, right? Mm-hmm. We have folks who were in the school of Martin, right? And folks who are in the school of Malcolm and thinking that they are in opposites, but really it was all for the movement, right? Oh, yeah. To move us all forward, to achieve the same goals mm-hmm. of black liberation, yeah. right? That's what we we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But we've believed the narrative that Martin operated in a way that was counter to Malcolm, but actually they were actually complementary. And then we look at the old guard and the new guard, and we, we believe the narrative that they are counter, um, they are counterproductive and, and they can be if folks don't recognize the value of what the old guard has to bring in their networks, their power, their resources. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then what the new new guard is bringing, which is energy and momentum and wisdom, right? Because there's wisdom even in this youth, in this group of folks who are living it on a day-to-day experience and basis that says, wait a minute, let's apply some of this wisdom to some of your wisdom and let's all move forward together. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look at the intergenerational piece. I just think that we are so disconnected that we're and operating in these either or spaces yeah. that it's it's harming us. And we have to get to the place where, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not coming out to March. Okay, well, don't come out to March, but you better make a hundred phone calls mm-hmm. to tell other folks about the March or, or 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 pay the light bill, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that way that they can organize or bring out fifteen sandwiches, like or mm-hmm. bring out water bottles, or bring out milk so that way when the police spray folks uh with tear gas, folks got milk to push in their eyes. Something we learned um out of other uh organizing um challenges around the globe right we have to and that's the thing this is not a fight that is happening just here in america it is happening around the world and we have to recognize our place in the global battle to um to liberate black brown and broke folks around the world and i just think we have to be as inclusive as possible without losing our core focus Mm -hmm. which is black folks i just wish i could talk to them i want to know one to three things Uh uh-huh that i can do Uh uh-huh we can do okay because i'm I'm only 33 years old, or I'm, I'm about to be 33 years old. Okay. Years old. I haven't lived enough life to know what it is to go through civil rights. Mm-hmm. But you know, you read about it, you watch it, and you absorb all this information. Can we just win the damn fight? <laughs> like, do we always have to be struggling? Like, white people don't outnumber us. No, no. Around globally. Like, can we? Right, 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 right. Like, globally, they're, they're, they, what are they, 15% of the population? 10%? I don't know. It's, I don't know their global number, but. Their but global you, number is nothing compared to They are a minority. They are definitely. So, it's just like, why can't we win the damn fight? What, what can, we ain't found out nothing, like. 
<laughs> I feel like we're like chipping away when we should be making dents. Okay. And I think, it, and that's because but the that's structure just, has been so embedded oh, and so protected. Yeah. It has been so protected and reinforced and, and legitimized, mm-hmm. right? Through corrupt legislation that's been racially motivated, that is under the guise of tough on crime and so forth. Um, and, 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 uh, the Welfare Reform Act, you know, mm-hmm. all of these, that's a, a direct attack on poverty and, and on and on women and on commun- black and brown communities. Um, I just think that the structure has been so well insulated and accepted mm-hmm. that um, we just don't, we, we're in this uphill battle but we've got a lot of momentum and we're doing better because we're being more inclusive. And, and, and in doing that, you see we're gaining partners, uh, Latinos for black lives, Asian for black lives. You know, I think, um, I think really what has to happen sadly is we really just need more black folks for black lives. Mm. You know, I think folks need to recognize their, um, their capacity and their ability to really like, have a voice in this movement, mm-hmm. and um, I, like one of the questions you had, had, had early on mentioned is like, what does it mean to be pro-black in 2018? I think it's just really about recognizing that you do have a voice in this movement, and wherever you stand, sit, or or, or, or roll, live, whatever, um, you have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. Just like your podcast, it contributes to the movement, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, the black teacher contributes to the movement. Man. The uh, the radio hosts. We they more, yeah. we just need we need more folks being willing to say there is more to the story. Mm-hmm. There's more to the story than what you've been told, and there's other voices who are telling the story, and to bring those into the conversation so that way our wisdom is enhanced, right? Um, uh, I can't think of it, uh, but we really have to have more of a generational model. Yeah. Like, what are we passing on? Mm-hmm. What knowledge are we passing on? You know, so many times I hear, oh, when I die, I'm taking it all with me. Taking what? <laughs> right. Well, first of all, what exactly are you taking? Uh, and nine times out of ten, uh, you didn't take it all because we got the bill. <laughs> right? But I just think that uh, in the larger context, I just think that we need to really look at the the value of transitional wealth and in the in the capacity of monetary wealth but also wisdom and experience and storytelling i think we we have some amazing storytellers who who we're not listening to and i just think we have to recenter the value of that and that whole village model like it's not just it can no longer be economically and societally it can no longer be just the nuclear family Mm-hmm. Right. Um, when grandma gets old, grandma needs to come live because grandma's going to bring something to the table. My daughter loves being around her great grandmother. Mm-hmm. Right. She loves talking to her. She calls and talks to her on the phone. Right. That's that's her thing. I mm-hmm. think we have to, like, make sure that we keep those connections. So those stories and narratives pass on. Sometimes uh, she'll tell me something that I didn't know that my grandmother told her, you know, um, I think I just I think we just have to make that connection. I just had an epiphany. I just think my, my, my thought, my frame of reference for a nuclear family mm-hmm. is maybe not even close to what they're saying. Okay. So maybe 
when I when I hear nuclear family, I just think you know, um, mom and dad is living in the household, mm-hmm. raising the kids together. Mm-hmm. But maybe what they're saying is that if you think that's if that's all you need, then you missed it. Possibly. And what you, and, and what you need is the village. It it, it, yes. it thinks so. And and when I hear the village. It's not just mom and dad in the and then in our little hut, you know what I mean? Right. In our house, it's aunties, uncles, grandma, grandpa, right. like and everybody. The is, milkman, the postman, the person down at the bakery. Word. That when your mama send you down with the note that say, "Let me pay you on Friday." Word, word, right? Because I don't have it today on yeah. Tuesday, yeah. but it's coming, okay. right? There's a community around that. Yeah, right? and I don't, and I think I don't think anybody's against that. You know what I mean? But and, I, but but the thing is. That's more prevalent in the South mm-hmm. than it is on the coast. Very much possible. East and West Coast. Right, right. And that's why and that's the other conversation. We have got to stop having a bi coastal conversation because there's the but whole the culture the cultures are different. I mean we have to we have to recognize that the cultures are to- not totally but is different. But we have to recognize that there's value to them and that they exist. And I think for far too long yeah. we've just only seen as a coastal capacity and not really recognize what the hell's going on in the South. Like mm-hmm. our nation is, a, I mean, in Louisiana, um, Angola prison still exists and it still functions almost as it did when it was a plantation, mm. right? It was a plantation that now is a prison and it is one of the largest producers of agricultural goods for the state of Louisiana, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's still on plantation grounds. They all still live there, right? The workers live there. The inmates live there. It's no different than being like being like when we when we identify what a, um, a plantation is. It's a perfect example of how prison is very much still like slavery, right? Oh, for sure. Don't don't they have the inmates like working in the state capital? Yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I just know that thing in the past. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know specifically around uh-huh. that piece, but it's just like we've really got to be able to understand how much is going on in the South that we're not really privy to and aware mm. of and how much it's influencing the rest of the nation, mm. right? And when, when I was talking about this, I was talking about the, the family, you know, how it's more of a village down there. And Because I was, I had a uh, episode like 34 and 35, so a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, my brother's from Zimbabwe. Okay. So the, it was a, uh, um, it was called Diaspora Disconnect. So, ah. And so, you know, I'm talking to like why, we all know in America, Africans and African-Americans we do not rock with each other. Like, like it's in and, a lot of capacities. In a lot of capacities, and we know it. Yep. And, and we understand it. Right. And it's just like we don't got to talk about it. We just right, after. Uh, mm, nope. But I think we need to talk about it. No, we we do, and that's why I did it. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And the movie came out. He was like, "Man, we got to talk about this." Like, ah, right, you know. Right. That's hey, what I'm saying. Okay, I'm ahead of the curve. That's Let's what I'm go. Saying. We got to yeah. do it. But uh, but but what he said, he said when he came over here uh, back in the '90s, he was just like. He said, he said, the South is more like Africa than mm. but, but the coast. When I was in L.A., he said, man, it's just different. Individualistic. You know what I mean? Very, very individualistic. He was just like, you know, in, in Africa, like, you know, your your auntie is, is your big mom. Uh-huh. Your uncle is your big dad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, your grandma. Oh, my God. Your grandma. Like, <laughs> that's like, you know what I mean? It's kind of how you big mama in the South. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and your uncle. I mean, everybody raised you in the South. Right. 
Because we, we all we got. We was right. all we got. And now it's just everything is kind of fractured and splintered. You know what I mean? And and that's what the nuclear family is about. It's okay. like okay. how I, it is I functioning. Think I'm starting to Where it's discounting understand. any other members other than mom, mom dad, dad, 2.5 kids, right. picket fence, car, two point two car garage. It's yeah. like. Like your, your nephew in, in the African. But, your, your nephew is your son. Right. Right. Your niece is your daughter. I treat my nieces nieces and nephews like they're my own kids. Right. Like my sister, she was like, why my kids, why my kids love you and you so mean? I was like, because I I do discipline them like they're my own. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I ain't throwing nobody across no rooms or nothing, Mm -hmm. but I tell them I might. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and they just, and and we just have this amazing love and this respect. And, you know, um, I just think that we have to show up in our family's lives in all of those ways. I think, um, as we speak about men, um, speaking about the, the nuclear family, because men are missing, the rest of us have an accountability and a responsibility, which is the ability to respond mm-hmm. to a need and a vacancy. Mm-hmm. But we have to show up in our niece and nephew's life. We have to show up in our godchildren's lives. We have to show up in the lives of folks that we are inter- interacting with, with invite, of course, but mm-hmm. being present and available to be that peace if they so need or want. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I just think that, I, I don't think that um, we get to just be like, oh, well, that's my nephew. I don't have no responsibility of that, you know? Mm. Like, I have to show up. Yeah. Like, my nephew's trying to go off to college, and so I'm in his I'm in his tail. Did you write your essays? <laughs> right? Did yeah. you write your essays? Mm-hmm. What's your homework look like? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm, that's me. That's me being big brother to my sister, but that's also me being... Uh, a hopefully a positive male role model in my in my nephew's life because I know he looks up to me mm-hmm. right um my godson in a uh he's in Alabama right now right when he messed up the car and he needed it fixed he was like god dad <laughs> how can I get this fixed right yeah, you know yeah. we have to we, we just have to show up in that way mm-hmm. you know um yeah. and it's important because we're needed we're, we are and so that's why I hear you that you know the black man is needed absolutely mm-hmm. but we just can't discount all those other roles but that's the thing the nuclear family is we play a grander village role like I mean we say it all the time it takes a village mm-hmm. to raise a child mm-hmm. right but the nuclear family requirement flies in conflict with that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it doesn't give space for grandmama to come live it doesn't give space for uh, cousin Pookie to come live you know what I mean? It doesn't mm. give space for that, um, and it, it and it doesn't give space. It doesn't give space for um, same sex led households. You know what I mean? And again, like I said, if it's all about the children, then what we want is we want an environment that is conducive for their development, their well being and development. Yeah. Right. And if that means dad is gone because dad is abusive, mm-hmm. or if dad is present because he's playing an active and participatory role, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But let's not operate in such a restrictive model that says it has to be this way and all other experiences don't matter word i got it yes look at that yes it took us an hour and 43 minutes and i got we something got i was struggling with for a whole year that's man. okay we got it that's we got i there. love this man i do too and that's all we want to do yeah. like we want to have conversation like uh, and hopefully what it does is it spurs other people to have conversations so I'm like oh i didn't know that i didn't think about that what was that word i need to go look up that word like that's all I, that's all i'm ever aiming to do yeah. is to create conversation right and mm-hmm. then i try to make sure to hopefully moderate it in a way where folks feel like um their ignorance um, is not stupidity, mm-hmm. right? Because there's a difference. Yeah, like you don't know, what you I don't just know. don't know. You don't know what you don't know, yeah. and I don't hold people accountable for what they don't know, mm-hmm. right? I hold them for not knowing after it's been shared, 
But if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So and I tell and I tell and I tell this to white folks and I tell other black folks they need to tell the white folks too. I would prefer you mess up trying, sincerely trying, mm-hmm. than not trying at all. Word. Because your silence harms me. Yeah. So say something. Yeah. Let let your words be offensive in that space so I can check it and correct it mm-hmm. and you can learn and we can grow. But if you just sit there silent, then one, you're telling me you don't see my experience and my life and the things that are harming me as real mm-hmm. or you just don't care. Mm-hmm. And that's extremely problematic. So we have to open dialogue, whether it's amongst ourselves or with uh, or with other folks. We've got to continuously create space for these type of dialogues to take place where folks can be like, okay, I feel like I got something from that. Or if, whether it's, oh, my mind has been changed mm-hmm. or I'm stuck in even more or I need to go look and research and learn more. Or mm-hmm. now, hopefully, folks, when they read this, they will log on to Black Lives Matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> and read the guiding principles for themselves, right? right? Yeah. In search of this section mm-hmm. that you've called out, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have to read more than just they're not right. gonna be able to go right to it. They're gonna have to read more, right? You got to read the first half, right? And yeah. it's gonna it's gonna help it's gonna help illuminate, and it may spark more questions for them, which will spark more dialogue, yeah. which will spark more engagement. And that's yeah. just the thing. Let's get as many people as possible to the table. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, hopefully, look, Alicia, Patrice. Mm-hmm. Opal, I yep. love y'all. Yep, Alicia. I, mm-hmm. Alicia, I'm sorry. I I love you guys. Um, I don't know you, but I love you because what you're doing for the community is amazing, and uh, it's it's onwards and, and upwards for us. You yes. know what I mean? Like for real. Uh, I, they're they're young enough, and I think they're wise enough to not have that. I think you were saying it like single leader type of approach. Right, right, right. right you know, right, right, right. it's multiple people yes. and anybody can hit you from any angle. So that right there is genius. And we're learning from the past. Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they they have learned and they're implementing it. So that's great. Um, so iron sharpens iron, bro. Like we're just, we're just going to continue Absolutely. to refine our strategy and include everybody and just start winning, bro. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're here for the win. Yeah. We're here for the win. And I, I'm here for these reparations. I think that's <laughs> I think that's the next move. Let's get man. our money. We got to get, get, like, get our money. We got to get our money. We got to get our money. How much is that real estate worth right now? You right. know what I mean? That right. 40 acres. You right. <laughs> like, I want, like, cut me the check. Right. You know what I mean? What I really want, here's what I, here's what I want. Mm-hmm. I do want my check. Yeah. But what I want is I want the erase, the erasing of, um, because this is this is the part of me, but I want the erasing of our educational debt. I want erasing of educational debt. We should not be no. We should not, for lack of a better word, be slaves to debt to get an education to exist in their system. Right. I need that mm-hmm. removed. Also, mm-hmm. I need. I need a true examination of the carceral system that we have and a dismantling of it in the in its current structure. I need us to really look at how racially motivated it is and remove all of the things that help feed that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you I need home what? ownership. But but you know what? You can't you can't get that. Why you don't I? have a right to that. Why do I not? Because it's not your country. Oh. And there and and there's nothing on paper that says you should not be incarcerated. Everything on paper, and that's been, the thing. But it's on paper that we should get forty acres in the mule. Okay. I oh I hear what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? I, I hear what you're saying. So it's it's kinda like in court, like you gotta be able to prove it. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. that, that this is wrong or that you are entitled to X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my forty acres. And I was entitled to it. Right. My ancestors were entitled to it. I That's never it. got it. I hear what you're saying. 
So, I hear what you're saying. So you can pay me for that because that's on paper. Mm-hmm. The other things is just my idea of what of how I should have been treated, how I right. should have. Been but treated. I don't. But I'm, what I mean. But but you know, it's I, like I, I agree with everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like you know what I mean. And you know, and they're not gonna cut no check like that. But what they can do is they can remove the barriers that the lack of that check. But they can cut a check because don't. How much money they be giving to uh to uh? Is it Israel? <laughs> how much money do you get to Israel on the? Uh, they, give, they, give, they give Israel a lot of money. They do. They give Israel a lot of money. Um, they give Israel a lot of money. A lot of money. They give, and that's that's. So, like, the money can be distributed wherever they want to distribute. Fact. That's as fact. much as they spend on military, they can cut back on that. Cut back on Israel. Uh, and Israel, you know, get your money. They can cut back on a lot of things. They can cut back on a lot of. They can things. cut back on a lot of things. Um, so, right, they could begin to cut out, cut checks. But here's the problem I see: we're just cutting checks, right? We've never been in a place where um, I just think that I would I would like to see a lot more. I'd like my check. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I also want the reversal of the of the policies that makes no matter how much I have mm-hmm. invalid, because if I get the check and I still got a, 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 a mass incarceration system designed to come get me, mm-hmm. what good is my check? Right, and now we can buy. We can buy justice. Right, mm-hmm. that is something that is a, is a commodity. The because that's they a commodity. Know, but still, they know how powerful that check is. That's why they won't give it to us. Right. But once we get it, and it's going to be Black Wall Streets all over the place. <laughs> it's, it's we're not going to need all this assistance for. But if we system. don't address the other things that are still written down, right? Mm-hmm. No. So we're but, talking about. Right? So we can build a Black Wall Street as we've already done once. Mm-hmm. But they came for it. Right, and they're gonna come for it again. Because but we we gonna we gonna do it better this time. Of course, we're gonna do it better. We're always gonna do things better. Always. We're always gonna hopefully always do things better. Um, but I just think that we've really got to look at the policies, the practices. I mean, when you look at the Constitution, it is littered with um, and in, in all of its amendments ways to circumvent our well being. Mm-hmm. It just is. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the episode. Did you see? Uh, how to get away with murder with uh, I haven't watched it. oh my goodness I haven't watched it so <laughs> you gotta watch the okay. most recent episode because Annalise and Olivia come for them right mm. and she finally goes to I'm not gonna tell because it's a, it's a, I'm not gonna spoil it for nobody but let me just say <laughs> they hit that they hit that issue about what's written down yeah. like you never gave it to us right and because you didn't give it to us all of this other stuff is messed up Right, and if you want to correct it, you got to go back and correct that piece. You've got to give us justice. You got to give us our due. You know, know and that's what King said. He said you wrote a check that you know that you that you America wrote a check in the Constitution and all of its amendments and its Bill of Rights that we have never been able to cash. Mm -hmm. It's always been insufficient funds, Mm -hmm. and we just got to get to a place where. Okay, if you don't want to cut that check, let's let's build some other things. Let's build some other things that that help them off the hook. I don't want to let them off the hook either. I'm just saying, cut me the check first and foremost. (laughs) Like we, so at at the end of the day, we have to get what is rightfully ours. Okay, I hear that. I hear that. First things first, in my in my humble opinion, that's mine, bro. (laughs) You want your you want your ends. I feel you. You want your you want your. I want the bags. I want your bags. I want to secure the bag first. And then we can start negotiating. Okay. Because they know that's the power. They know that if they keep us broke, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they're they going to have power over us because we're going to be slaves to their system. Exactly. We're gonna have, gotta, we got to work. We can't be in business that's for That's why ourselves. capitalism we, is a exactly. situation. If we don't have capital, right. we can't play. Right. But if we have capital, we can play. 
you. And so they But know. if we have capital, we can play their game. Or we can create our own game. Okay. Because it's a lot of uh, Asian communities thriving, mm-hmm. little Chinatowns. Mm-hmm. Little, like, you you can create your own little community within mm-hmm. a city. Right, fair And enough. be good. But and, what and is you, a, what is it, but but then it, it's a, that's a judgment and a qualification of what is good because I think I seen something recently about like I'll, I'll say self sustaining and not and not gotcha. and I not gotcha. have to rely on gotcha. the white man to employ you and the government to take care of you I hear you the village I hear you, I hear you. the village can take let's, care of the absolutely village. let's fund and build our let's build our Wakandas. Exactly. We got to build our Wakanda. Exactly. Let's build Wakanda LA, Wakanda Portland, Word. Wakanda Boise, because, you know, they got a few of them over there. Wakanda, you know. And then I, if and if we're able to do that, I mean, the white people, they're going to follow us. They're going to do whatever we're doing. They want to be on whatever we, we're on. And so if we started building it away from them, I don't know. They might. Like, you know, we, we build our own sports leagues. Okay. We making them a lot of money, and we, make we, them and a lot we, of and money. we had a discussion about we this. Are, we make them a lot of money. So now we are, if we have our own sports leagues, we know everybody gonna watch us, right? Ain't nobody gonna watch all white dudes play basketball. <laughs> That's never going to happen. Maybe in Kansas oh. at a high school basketball game, but mm-hmm. nationally around globally, ain't mm-hmm. nobody gonna watch all white dudes play basketball. But if we if we have the capital to start our own league. Mm-hmm. And all our players defect, or if we have the capital to put it in our historically black colleges mm-hmm. and it have the top talent go there as opposed to the white schools mm-hmm. and get all that contract revenue from ESPN, like all that money over boom, <laughs> to the hood, to third war, Houston, Texas, at Texas Southern University. Right, like, right. What's going on, hey, so I mean, if we get the bag, we can start building infrastructure, and they know, they know. Mm-hmm. And it's important. You yeah. listen. I I love your vision. I think it is. I love your vision. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. I feel you. It is. It's important. We've got to build our own. We do. We have to. I just think we have to be cautious that in building our own, that we're not replicating the same systems that we're moving away from. That we are still not playing into the system that already exists, yeah. and that we're creating something that is really inclusive of us all. Um, which means that we have to. And so that's why I was talking about the checks because we don't we don't operate with financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get to that place. Mm -hmm. We've got to understand what transitional wealth is, generational wealth is. Mm -hmm. We've got to start. And then that starts with us. Like, let's take what we have now. Like, let's let's learn why we need wills. Right. How do we keep our stuff out of probate? How do we build it into a trust for our next generation? We have to get life insurance. Oh, life insurance. Yes. So So that's what I'm saying. So let's do that. We need to be doing that now. Mm -hmm. So that way, when the check come, we can hold on to it Mm -hmm. because that's what my fear is, is that it'll come. And we won't be prepared for that level of influx because we my have, fear is that we never get it. Okay, fair enough. And that's that is the bigger <laughs> that's fear. The biggest problem. That's me, the bigger like. fear. But if we're operating in a space that the check is coming, the check is in the mail, Man, right? Check if that come. check is in the mail, I, I want us to be prepared. Yeah. I want us to be prepared to really maximize what that means. You mm-hmm. know, um, generational wealth. It is so important. Mm-hmm. It is how we are going to really catch up. Mm-hmm. But like they said, it would take us several hundred years oh, to yeah. catch up right now. Yeah, for sure. So we really need the influx, mm-hmm. but we also need the structure to be able to maintain and, mo- and, and build it and capitalize off of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to opt as, oh, that's so, so, so this is in such another lane. But like we have to be able to build those um Entities like not only do we need to then build our own sports league, but we're gonna have to build our own networks, right? Mm-hmm. 
Because they can lock us out. They can block us out. They're just like, they'll shift. Not, but not anymore. Not with the internet. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So we'd have to build our infrastructures, right? But, it's so, but now, like, all the gatekeepers are gone. But we're going to lose the internet and its freedom if we don't fight for net neutrality. True. This, is, this goes Super back to fast. the bigger piece Super as fast. to why we must be involved in these grander pieces other than what's directly hitting black folks. Okay. Because it is hitting us. Um, it, is, it, is, it is, as a byproduct, we're impacted by it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, so that's why we have to have an educated discourse mm-hmm. around all of the things impacting black lives. And it cannot just be this one piece about police violence. It must be trans. It oh, must yeah. be women. It must be queer. It must be education. It must be housing. It must be jobs joblessness and homelessness and sex work and health care it has to be all inclusive of all of these things media um and the the net we have to and that's why you have to have this multi-pronged approach mm-hmm. this um non-single leader um structure mm-hmm. so that way you can really get in to the weeds of these things develop policies implement new uh new practitioners in those fields Mm -hmm. that are advancing this discourse so that way we can take back um this the uh the direction that we're heading Mm -hmm. because as a nation we're heading in the wrong direction right Mm -hmm. and so we've got to really like really wake up we've got to wake up and we got to be having these conversations and we've got to pull more people to the table well as a nation we're heading in the wrong direction but i don't think black folks are I, 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 no, no, that's what I'm saying. So we've got to like yeah, really. I think, gra- I think we're we've on. Gotta, I think we're on it. We're on it. We've got to. That's why we've got to get a hold of the reins. That's why we got to get more folks as practitioners, teachers, school board leaders, um, neighborhood association, lawyers, doctors, uh, industry heads, politicians. We've got to move into all of those realms mm-hmm. and, and stop waiting just to see who's going to be president. Word. Yeah, right. Yeah. We've got to be voting in the midterm elections. We've got to be getting on school boards. We've got to be getting on city councils. Like, you know, um, there's a host of people of color who are running. Uh, uh, Sharon Maxwell, Joanne Hardesty, yes. Maria. Um, uh, I cannot think of her name right now. There's this. We've really got to, like, get out there and be supportive of of people of color in leadership and positions that um, get to help help direct where we go next we've got to be about their leadership and supporting and where they and where they're taking us and hold them accountable hold them accountable to hearing what the community wants and needs and and adjusting their leadership to meet it yeah you know i think that's what's important is like you we want to elect folks who are going to hear what the people need and then do what's necessary to meet that need in that vein um in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. Black Voices United is organizing the candidates forum on Saturday, March 24th for the primary election of County Commissioner District 2 and City Commissioner Position 3. Um, a lot of those folks that you named will be there. Right. I think they'll all be there. They better be. Um, so it's March, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's March 24th. I believe it's at Maranatha it's Church. It's at Maranatha. It starts at 10, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I think so. It's, it's 10 to 2 or 10 to 3 or something like it's that. It's a long day, though. Yeah. It it's is, a long it day. Is. It's, it's like you got your first half. You got your break and you got another second half. So there's opportunity for folks to come in. Whether you come in the morning, you come in the midday, you come in the afternoon, there is going to be a place for your voice to be heard and for you to hear the voices of folks who would like to be your new leaders. Word, word. So shout out to uh, Nikki and Ezell Watson, who's putting that on uh, with a host of other folks. Yep. Just had them on the podcast a couple weeks ago and loved them, man. Yeah. But but yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. Uh, So if y'all can make it, March 24th, 
Maranatha Church, 10 o'clock. I believe that's a Saturday. Yes, it is. Uh, so, yeah, come through and see who's going to be running for county commissioner for District 2, city commissioner, position 3. And just be informed about everything that's going on, you know, in the city. Because and it's important to be informed. Yeah, like we yeah. can no longer, again, back to my, like I said earlier, we cannot sit on the sidelines. No. We are so comfortable being on the sidelines. We've got to get engaged. And that don't mean mm -hmm. throwing a rock or a Molotov, right? I'm down for that. Let me do that, right? But I'm low key with that. But I need, but but you, but I need you to be engaged. Molotov. I need you. Oh yeah, give me a Molotov. <laughs> um, but be engaged. Like have this conversation around your dinner table. Invite folks over as our friends did. You yes, know, yes. invite folks over to have these challenging conversations in a space that is safe and familiar for you show up and hear what other folks are talking about tune into this podcast um research what's going on in your city it's like it is the time for sitting on the sideline and spectating has passed yeah we got to be informed i mean we, it, it's a information generation a absolutely if you you got google you got tools, right? You know what I mean. You can mm -hmm. find out a lot of things. So, right, we can't we can't no longer be ill informed. It's just there's no excuses, right? Google Pick up it. a newspaper, yeah. Like you know, there's 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 your role in this movement is more than just listening to us. That is a great part of it, Speaking but don't just hear us. Yeah. But talk about this with someone else. Share it with someone else engage with the information that we're sharing go look it up for yourself figure it out look up words reach out ask other people questions don't just sit on the sidelines it's that that time has come and gone yeah it's a wrap so this is good bro like, thank you i appreciate really it good um i didn't think it was gonna go this direction <laughs> I, I really didn't know what to expect but it's turned out a lot better and I didn't think I was gonna have this epiphany that I had, bro. Like, hey, hey, this is what I'm all here about. for it. Yeah, man, I'm here for it, and I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, um, man, <laughs> I'm on cloud nine right now, bro. Like, that's this, good. This, that's what's up. I'm about good. to like snap this real quick. Like, yeah, yeah, here right. we are doing this thing. Let me turn the camera around. Here we are. Uh, let's up with it. What's up with it? Hey, here we are. Recording okay. a live podcast. Word, word. Here we are. We're making it happen. These are lit. Mm. Yeah. Blue mics. So thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great honor to like be able to have a conversation with someone that you may not always agree with. But they're Word. still willing to talk, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we we don't we don't we don't we don't see everything exactly the same, but. I, I'm willing to hear your perspective. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate that you're willing to hear mine. And it's Wakanda, bro. It's Wakanda. Like that's the and thing. At the end of the day, like at the, we we're all we're not all gonna agree. Right. But we have to get along. Like we have to. Have to. Like that's it's non negotiable. We gotta get along. We gotta work together in some capacity. So we gotta find that common ground. We may disagree on nine things. But on point number 10, right, we're going on the same page. All right, let's work on that. Let's, right. let's focus on that Let's right find our common ground. Let's find it and let's start. Let's, let's go to work. Yeah. We can argue about stuff all day. All day. You know what I mean? But we got to start talking so we can come mm -hmm. to that common ground. So. Yeah. So shout out to the folks that are actually on the ground doing this work in Portland. Um, whether it be Black Lives Matter, Portland Resistance, Don't Shoot Portland PDX, just all of the things that all you all are doing that is continuing this conversation and moving us forward. Uh, the NAACP, uh, Noni Kalsey with BEAM and the Black Student Success Summit, all of the folks who are, are like championing 
um, what is really a movement for black lives. Like, yeah. greatly appreciate it. And Wakanda forever for Portland, for real. Wakanda forever, bro, man. It's the Socks and Sandals podcast, man, where society, culture, history, and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. This episode was certainly peak Socks and Sandals. We hit all four of those points beautifully and uh, with a great ending. So I'm, gra- I'm grateful for that, man. So uh, appreciate y'all for listening. Y'all got any questions, hit me up on um, my Instagram. My personal Instagram is since 85 The show Instagram is at SXSNDLS. The Twitter is at SXSNDLS. Tony, how can I get all of you, bro? Yeah, they can just check me out at my first and last name, Tony Funches, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. Word, word. All right, y'all. I'll let y'all later. Grace and peace. I gave you the truest me, my truest speech, true and deep from the loosest leaves of my loose leaf, my flaws and all, see, I'm fragile but by grace, I am choosing peace over losing sleep, and I must say these sandals fit quite nicely over these cool leaves. Nike sacks, Birkenstocks, oh what a faux pas, unmasked, unabashed, unashamed, uh, hear the voice set of unacclaimed, yeah, hear the voice set of unacclaimed, maybe that's a taboo, maybe it's a fad, but maybe just a fact, I was used to wearing bad shoes, uh.